Hello listeners, these are your hosts Daman Tiwana and Khyati Thakur. Today we are continuing our discussion of Khaled Hosseini's A Thousand Splendid Sons. So far in our last episode we have touched upon Maryam and Lala's lives and now we are at a point where their stories converge. This is a continuation of the previous episode. If you haven't listened to that one yet, go check out A Thousand Splendid Sons part 1. and we will continue our discussion after a quick word from our sponsors so now maryam is married and living with her extremely abusive husband rashid they are still childless tariq and his family have left afghanistan and just when lela and her family are supposed to leave there was a bomb blast in lela's house continuing from here After the bomb blast, Rashid finds Lela's half-dead body and brings her home. Maryam is given the task of taking care of her and bringing her to a better condition. Lela has lost everyone in her family as well. Her brothers were already dead. Now her parents have also died in the blast. While she is healing from her wounds and the shock of the whole incident, a stranger comes to Maryam's house in search of Lela and tells her that Tariq had died in a hospital somewhere in Peshawar. Now she's literally all alone in the world. Yeah, and we can see her struggling so much with survivor's guilt as she starts to get better. And this is something which Maryam also has her own experience with. We can also see Maryam trying to remember how she felt when she lost her mother and trying to find words to console Lela, but she couldn't find any. During all of this, kind of a disgusting and interesting thing happens. and we see it from Maryam's point of view where she notices this change in Rashid's mannerisms in presence of Lala he would talk to her actually talk to her look at her and use spoon and napkins while eating and none of it he had done in his years with Maryam and she could hear him say things which were clearly lies but could probably appease Lala things like his opinions on the political party in power or something He was trying to impress Lala clearly and that upset Maryam. Eventually she musters some courage and confronts Rashid. He doesn't even bother to deny any of it. I know. His response is why not? I mean what do you say to that? It just shows so much of that helplessness Maryam feels in this marriage. She has no say, no power, no respect. She tries to resist but is cornered. when rashid basically gives her no option he says it's not your decision it's hers and mine then he goes on to use example of maryam's father who had three wives to justify himself and his noble actions of marrying the girl first he says that it's downright charitable of me the way i see it i deserve a medal here we can see that all rashid has cared for so far is having a son and maryam could not give him that So he thinks she has no right to stop him and he doesn't even care if she does right. And now he has this young fertile woman in his house and he sees that as a golden opportunity. And his way of seeing the situation is that it is his way of saving Lela from all the hopeless situations that lie ahead of her if she walks out alone from the house. His reason for asking for this was that they had to legitimize the situation. An unmarried young woman living in their house looks dishonorable. Besides he said that she can't stay in their house for free. Yeah, it was so much of intimidation and threats on some level that Maryam had to give in. What's even sad is she has to go and deliver this message to Lala. And honestly to my surprise, 
and not so surprised at the same time lela says yes in a very subtle manner we learn that she might be pregnant with tariq's child and from her point of view rashid was her only option of legitimizing this child she said yes to rashid so he would raise her baby as his own that was probably the safest thing to do for her given her whole situation yeah you're right we can totally see that when rashid is preparing for wedding right he goes and trades mariam's wedding ring to buy a new one for lala and lala does not care at all and she's not interested in any of the preparations going on she just wants to get it over with yeah everyone she knew and loved has died it's just the baby now and I think she just want to legitimize the baby as soon as possible. I know. I think and that's why they get married and immediately she doesn't resist. They just sleep together and she cuts her finger to give that impression of her losing her virginity to him. This is fascination with women's virginity in so many societies, but no one is questioning a man's virginity. I know, you're so right. And I think it again goes back to the whole honor and patriarchy in general, the burden which is just put on women and men are just free to roam around, right? This also allows men to be so entitled and think more of themselves like they can go on and control women, establish all these rules around them. We see all of it at some point or other in all the marital dynamics of this book. I yeah, I saw that too. It was kind of disheartening. It just keeps getting worse in the story. Like he starts insulting Maryam in front of Lala, calling her dehati, and then why would he keep bringing up that she's a harami? I know. You remember that part where he compares both of them like their cars? That Lala is like a Benz and Maryam would be a sturdy Volga good for transportation and stuff. Just so hateful the stuff he does. Yeah, that's so needless. from Maryam's perspective what's really surprising is that she's actually jealous of this girl you can see that this woman doesn't even have a little bit of self respect left in her the same man who treated her so badly her whole life is now wanting to get a 14 year old girl pregnant and she could only be jealous i'm not sure what to make of it but you can see that she's angry right and anger is not always directed correctly like she's angry that this woman has stolen her husband and she's also jealous that she's younger and prettier and a lot of it goes to rashid as well who's making her feel lesser and lesser so that's why she just wants to stay away from lala i think she makes it clear that she has no need for her company i do feel maryam's anger and reaction is expected she has had to bear so much and lala doesn't understand any of it so there's clearly a mismatch of life experience at this point at least yeah that's a good observation i think yeah i agree to it You can also feel that Maryam is extremely territorial as well. I'm always disgusted at how the society brings up women that they crave for a man's attention. What is this behavior or emotion or feeling or whatever you call it? Maryam even blames Lela for stealing her husband. Maryam makes it clear that she doesn't like Lela's presence in the house at all. They would just be two strangers living in the same house going through the same circumstances. Yeah, and I I don't think it takes too long for that similarities to come to surface because days into their marriage Rashid goes on to start controlling Lela as well. Then he has a very similar conversation which he had with Maryam about the whole honor thing and Lela is forbidden to go out alone and she has to wear burqa now. Because as he puts it I'm your husband now and it falls on me to guard not only your honor but ours yes our nang and namus that's just horrifying and sad to read when rashid finds out that lala is pregnant 
again the same cycle he goes to mosque prays for a boy but this is where it gets a little bit interesting because you can see maryam's and lela's relationship advancing now they had their first real fight to lela it felt good to direct all her anger at one point and it was the same with maryam so even without knowing they were helping each other in some way you know like venting out their anger at each other like you said like misdirected anger of rashid yeah and i think it's also inevitable to live with someone in such close quarter especially with all this anger and hostility and not have an outlet it i don't think it's just possible we even have fights with roommates we have no anger at mother-in-laws and <laughs> daughter-in-laws <laughs> basically anyone yeah. Th- there's a saying in hindi i think which i will try to do a poor translation of <laughs> which basically says something like if you have utensils at home they are going to make noise oh yeah that's yeah that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> anyway lela has a baby girl and oh no expected rashid is not happy he is now also angry at lela he's angry at the little baby because the baby is crying you know mariam watches all this and to her own surprise it doesn't make her happy she just like pities her i know Lala now does not want to have sex with Rashid at all. That is something that again makes him angry. And then I don't understand why he goes on to beat Maryam for it and accuses her of corrupting Lala. Because I think according to him everything bad that is happening in his life is because of Maryam. But what's interesting here is that Lala fights for Maryam and then she gives in to protect Maryam. And this is something I I think Maryam has never gotten in her life before. Yeah. From this vindictive relationship of Maryam and Lela that we have been seeing all through there's clearly this one moment where you can see how it all changes but before that i would like to go back and read a quote from Maryam's perspective on all the beatings that she has endured from Rashid over the years Maryam had learned to harden herself against his scorn and reproach his ridiculing and reprimanding but this fear she had no control over All these years and still she shivered with fright when he was like this sneering tightening the belt around his fist the creaking of the leather the glint in his bloodshot eyes it was the fear of the goat released in the tiger's cage when the tiger first looks up from his paws and begins to growl such a powerful use of words to explain what the fear of being abused is you can sense the helplessness of the victim in this case mariam and the fact that a person can get used to everything but the physical abuse yeah yeah you're right but there was a ray of light for mariam which was baby aziza i think initially she was just avoiding lela and her child but one night she just ends up actually looking at the baby and she just falls in love with her i think maybe it was because she never had a baby of her own or just the fact that the baby keeps smiling at her she just sits all night with the baby I found it so sweet and sad and happy all at the same time. Yeah, I think it was also because you know that night when Rashid goes to beat Maryam and then Lela stops him. I think that is what changed Maryam's attitude towards the baby and yeah, also towards Lela. Yeah, probably. And Maryam also leaves some baby clothes for Lela and then we see that they have this conversation where Lela comes to thank for the clothes and then they start talking and Maryam thanks Lela for standing up for her. In that moment Lela sees actually sees Maryam for all she has endured over the years and then she asks Maryam if they can have chai and halwa together 
it's just so relatable to me it's so much like our people like where we we have friendships happening over chai i know this was by far the favorite part of the book for me because mariam and lela became friends now and they finally start talking now, of course it had to do with the night when lela stood up for mariam and then mariam so clothes for her daughter aziza the way their moment of friendship is described is so wonderful and so relatable like you said sitting out in the open with halwa and chai that's how all good friendships should start yeah let's just stop here and get some halwa and chai right now <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> going forward we see that mariam and lela now start doing all work together and then every night they'll just sit and drink three cups of chai after years of isolation we can see how mariam really enjoys this companionship which she is getting probably for the first time in her life and then this baby aziza also really loves mariam that is one true connection that mariam has never gotten it's like the first love connection for her and she shares everything with lela about her childhood her father mother her marriage pregnancies and in turn then lela tells her big secret to mariam which is aziza's true parentage and although they are becoming friends now we see how different they are still we get to know about lela's fierce rebelling nature she would not summon to her fate she's already planning ahead for her and aziza she's stealing money from rashid and saving it she plans to run away in the coming spring after their friendship she includes mariam in her plan as well and now without them the life mariam had tolerated for so long suddenly seemed intolerable this is when you see mariam's character changing there was new hope in her new vigor for life and it was all because of lela and aziza yeah that's so true i don't think i would have expected mariam to be this brave or courageous before she met them they eventually do make this escape and they plan to go to pakistan and they even get a man to buy tickets for them because under taliban rule women cannot travel alone but sadly they are caught and returned back to rashid when they are back at their house and rashid knows what they had done he beats them both and saying that he beat them is really an understatement at this point it was actually like a bloodbath but the next day they are back in their old lives it's interesting to see how life for these four people and i'm also assuming a bunch of other people who were living there in afghanistan at that time was like this can you imagine being in a condition where abuse violence and bombings become so much a part of your life that you don't bat an eyelid when it happens on a daily basis i really cannot there were so many parts where i i would just question like how are they just going on how could one person just go on in a life like this i know but somehow for them another 2 3 years pass by and at this point we see that now taliban has reached kabul people actually see them as a welcome change from the quote unquote corrupt greedy government and taliban has all these strict rules around they start breaking pre-islamic statues they shut down universities cinemas they destroyed paintings burned books and these are just like classic signs of any dictatorship that right. has ever happened over the world right like music was silenced and people had to follow strict religious rules so if you see like it wasn't much of a change for rashid in a way right he just has to grow beard and visit mosque but for mariam and lela they are now confined within the four walls they cannot go out they always need like a male companion and they have to be covered up and i don't know so much more 
Yeah, it's very sad to see that in every state where rules like these are formed, they're so entirely on different tangent for men versus for women. For women, they target their existence. Like, you cannot get education or you cannot get a job. Or just be a person, right? I know. But for men, it's just change your physical appearance and you're good to go. Yeah. Things changed drastically with Taliban. But the most ridiculous thing that they did was voice of Sharia. Every Wednesday, Taliban would announce the names of those scheduled for punishment. Then there was a spectacle in the Ghazi Stadium. There would be lashings, severed hands, the hangings and beheadings. And while all this is going on in Kabul, Leila finds out that she's pregnant again. And then when she's in labor, we learn that Taliban had separated men's and women's hospitals. Oh God, that was ridiculous. And they gave all the better hospitals to men and left all the under-equipped ones for women. But anyway, since Laila is in labor, Mariam takes her to that whichever hospital they can go to. And I found it a little strange at that point that she refers to herself as Laila's mother. Yeah, she's... I think she's reflecting on what all a mother could do for her child and how much Nana did for her. She wished she had understood then what she understood now about motherhood. I think this is where she realizes that her feelings for Lela are as close to as a mother would feel for a child. Yeah, I think you're right. And she's there with Lela through her painful childbirth. Lela's baby is breached, so it cannot be a normal delivery and they have to do a cesarean. And this hospital has no anesthetic. Like, I cannot bring myself to imagine this pain. Like, paper cuts hurt me. So, (laughs) this is just too much to even, like, think about. The fact that it was reality for a lot of women, probably, it just hurts so much to think about that. Yeah, what is described is probably the most gruesome of acts I have ever read in a book. This definitely overwhelmed me for sure. You know, I didn't even read this part again because I couldn't bring myself to read it again. This whole thing is so despicable. Like, they all want boys. But where are these boys coming from? They would rather have those boys die in childbirth than give women some comfort in life. Real women have actually gone through this ordeal. It is absolutely horrible to see how low humanity can stoop. And men in power always care about what they want. And Rashid also finally got what he wanted, a son. And they called him Zalmai. You know, what I found interesting was how a young boy is so different when his father is around versus when he's not. Like, when Rashid is there, this little boy turns grumpy, prideful, doesn't care for what his mother is saying. Whereas in his absence, he's a very sweet and playful child. Mm, Yeah. And it reminded me of a conversation I was having with my friends recently about how there's a kind of a mismatched respect in our households. And the kids can pick up on it so easily. They learn it's okay to bypass mother's warnings or her wishes and they can even disrespect her and it it will be okay. But with fathers, not so much. Sometimes it's just unthinkable. Right, yeah. And we also see how different Rashid was with the son. I think so far in the book, he has just been this angry and abusive person. But with his son, he's a totally different person. Under Taliban rule, the economy was really bad. And we see that now Rashid wasn't getting much business at his shop. And he starts borrowing money from people because he wanted to keep buying things for his son. And to recuperate the money, he suggests making Aziza a beggar. 
because apparently that was a lucrative business i know that is horrible that is he's a horrible horrible person lala obviously says no and what's great about this point is she punches him back i know i love this i loved this thing where like she hits him back on his face that is a small act of victory for her you know definitely small because then he goes on to strangle her and then he even puts barrel of gun in her mouth everything just goes back to how it was and what's even sadder is that he's now out of job which means he's at home all the time and there's so much more abuse for all of them eventually rashid gets his way and of course also hunger forces them to put aziza in an orphanage yeah this this was really sad Yeah but I saw a slightly positive thing when they went to that orphanage I have got to say that even in a political situation like that there were people who still had faith and they cared for humanity that orphanage was run by this guy who was so compassionate towards children cared for them even though there were absolutely no funds at all allocated to that orphanage Yeah and I really liked that in the orphanage girls could read because that manager was a good man right and all of them were told to keep knitting yarn and needles next to them in case there's a taliban raid yeah and lala tries to go see aziza as often as she could but again the cruel rashid refuses to go with her after the first few times since it's taliban rule she cannot go alone and we see that even aziza is so deeply affected by this separation but being raised by maryam she has that enduring nature in her and tries to smile through it all but she yeah. develops a stutter and you know your heart breaks to imagine how traumatic it would be for a young child i know there's just sentence in the book which says powerful collisions deep down and all we see on the surface is a slight tremor it's a sadly beautiful metaphor about what aziza is going through how her stutter was just a slight tremor on the surface but there's a silver lining to this sad black cloud of dust and despair i just want to call it out if you haven't read the book this is a huge spoiler tari comes back he was not dead at all <laughs> i like how you say he wasn't dead at all <laughs> i'm too excited <laughs> So Tariq is alive and we learn that the story Lela received was a complete lie a lie that was placed by Rashid to break Lela's heart so she would marry him Yeah that's like another he, This guy just keeps getting worse and worse he's just actually a bad person I know yes he is Okay well so Lela and Tariq catch up he told Lela everything about his life Lela filled him in with all the details from hers She also tells him that Aziza is his daughter. It is also nice to see how understanding Maryam is about this whole situation and you know she helps her keep this away from Rashid but it doesn't stay hidden for long. Yeah, in his innocence, Zalmai told Rashid that mummy has a new friend. Oh my god, I wanted to like kill that little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to tell Rashid that mummy has a new friend who's a man and then Rashid goes on to confront Lela. He he obviously understood that same moment that it's Tariq who has come back. Yeah. And then he beats both of them and even strangles Lela. Maryam tries to stop him, but this time his anger is at a totally different level from what we have seen so far. In a rush to save Lela, Maryam goes to the tool shed, finds a shovel. This is part I really like. She calls his name and then hits him in his face. And then she hits him again. 
ending that ordeal for good. Yay! But yeah, this this is a moment for celebration. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were so many emotions Maryam was feeling at that point when Rashid was beating her and Lela. one of contempt and self-pity because she had never been a bad wife and she had never done anything wrong to deserve what Rashid did to her i think this is probably the strongest example of what her love for lela made her do i don't think she would have ever gotten the strength to do it if not for lela and i think it was the same strength that makes mariam ask lela to leave the country with tariq and her children this meant that she is going to take full blame for killing rashid To me that was unthinkable. I thought they would probably all run away with Tariq, but Maryam had to do what she did. She had to confess for murdering her husband. I think there were two reasons why she did it. She knew that if she didn't confess to murdering Rashid and tried to flee with all of them, they would be caught and all of them would be jailed. Yeah. She wouldn't let that happen to Leila and Aziza and Zalmai. So she was kind of sacrificing for them. Yeah, I can see that. Secondly, I think she truly believed that what she did was wrong to Zalmai. She thought that confession would absolve her of her sins. This one I just cannot comprehend. It just angers me because Rashid meant to kill both of them at that point. If he did, it still would not be a crime. Right. No one would do anything because, you know, these are private matters of a man's house. Let's say even if there was a consequence, I really don't think he would have any guilt for doing that. Yeah, you're right. At this point you just know that these two women are now going to separate. Maryam's story is probably ending here. Yeah. What Maryam's saying is the only way, the only option they have. So Lela does leave with Tariq and her kids and she would never see Maryam again. That was so sad. And Maryam goes to prison. This is one sort of frustrating side of her endurance she learned from her mother and through her life that she just accepted the trial without any fight. Yeah. As expected, she is given death sentence and she is taken to that stadium where thousands come to witness her punishment. This was the last act that Maryam did that is the epitome of how she had changed as a person by the love she received from Leila, Aziza and Zalmai. It takes a lot of strength of character to do something like this. There is this quote that is in the book that describes the last moments of Maryam's lives when she was actually being punished. Maryam wished for so much in those final moments, yet as she closed her eyes, it was not regret any longer, but a sensation of abundant peace that washed over her. She thought of her entry into this world, the harami child of a lowly villager, an unintended thing. a pitiable regrettable accident a weed and yet she was leaving the world as a woman who had loved and been loved back she was leaving it as a friend a companion a guardian a mother a person of consequence at last no it was not so bad mariam thought that she should die this way not so bad this was a legitimate end to a life of illegitimate beginnings and this to me ties everything together you know for yeah. in mariam's life It's just another example of great writing. I like how he has ended this book in a very very positive tone. I mean, yeah, Maryam dies and the way she has died is horrible, but where he has basically told the readers that their country needs them. After Taliban leaves, Tariq, Leila and their kids go back to Kabul. Leila teaches kids there now. 
The story has revolved around hopelessness and despair for so long, it was great to see a comparatively positive ending on the note of some hope. It's also interesting because the first time I read this book was six years ago. And at that time, my takeaway from the book was that it was a love story of Layla and Tariq. But now when I read it again, it becomes extremely clear that it is so much more than that. To me, this book is Mariam's story through and through. And Layla was the happiness she got in her life. In the end, I would just want to read Layla's final thoughts as we see in the book. Though there had been moments of beauty in it, Mariam knew that life, for the most part, had been unkind to her. But as she walked the final 20 paces, she could not help but wish for more of it. She wished she could see Lela again, wished to hear the clangor of her laugh, to sit with her once more for a pot of chai and leftover halwa under a starlit sky. She moaned that she would never see Aziza grow up, would not see the beautiful young woman that she would one day become, would not get to paint her hands with henna and toss candy at her wedding. She would never play with Aziza's children. She would have liked that very much, to be old and play with Aziza's children. And that's A Thousand Splendid Sons for us. We absolutely recommend this book. It's a beautifully written novel which gives you a window into the lives of people living in Afghanistan in this era of war and different rules. It also shows us the strength and resilience a human can carry and the impact love can have on our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash browngirlsread slash support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, browngirlsreadpod. And if you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on Instagram. Next month, we'll be back with a non-fiction book, Wild, a memoir by Cheryl Strade. Keep listening!